0: Hey, Universe. Welcome back to Power & Grace Radio. This is your host, JJ. This week, I chat with Spencer and pick his brain on some nerdy exercise science topics like volume versus recovery and strength versus conditioning. Enjoy. Spencer, what's going on? What's up? What's up? How's uh? You're back in school, school life.
1: Yeah, back in the school life. Yeah, training the kiddies. Kitties, the the student athletes <laughs> training the student athletes. Um, yep. <clears> what's, back, that, back. what's that like
0: getting them back into a routine? Is it just like pulling teeth? <laughs> yeah, it's hard, man. It's
1: hard. Yeah, we finally. I, honestly, it's funny you mentioned that today. I said I told that to my assistant, to Taylor, that uh, I felt like this morning was maybe the first time we were really rolling. We were
0: we're back in like we're in our second week, so we're, they're finally getting getting it. I think so. Is day one just like assault bike till you throw up? Let's try to get them. Day one is like figuring out
1: who's going to walk in the door. (laughs) Day two is figuring out if that person's going to walk back in the door. (laughs) That's about the first five
0: days. Nice. (laughs) All right. Uh, So this podcast is actually, we were going to, chat some real training stuff um but there's been some news around the at least crossfit community so if you're if you're a weightlifter just hold on past this we're gonna talk all training um but we want to talk about the uh the news about there's been a lot of let go at crossfit headquarters like uh hearing between 30 and 40 percent and most on the media side um so that's kind of interesting point uh right after the games crazy it is um, so lots of rumors everything's speculation right now they're saying like could be I'm <clears throat> hearing that like CrossFit game side maybe he's losing the money of the company or that Greg Glassman wants to you know keep driving more towards health and fitness and doesn't care much about the games lots of rumors also about regionals so lots to lots to digest and see what comes down the pipeline
1: well I <sighs> It could be. I mean, everything is speculation. There's probably only enough a, a handful of people that really know what's going on, and so you know we can sit here and speculate and all that jazz. What what we do know is Greg Glassman from from the get go has always been a hey. This is not a sport. I didn't intend this to be a sport. Care about the affiliates. Care about um, their health. Care about defeating disease without the use of medication. Using fitness as a as as medication, right? Um, kind of always been his jam. He, he never, never shied away from it. I, I quite frankly, I think he's actually said out loud, like, I don't actually care that much about, about the CrossFit games. I don't pay attention to it. I care way more about like addiction and chronic disease and things like that. So, um, and, and if you look at where he directs a lot of his attention, a lot of his money, that's where it goes, right? Look at all the stuff they've done against Coke, things they've done against the NSCA, um, and, and what they're doing now with this new CrossFit health initiative. And what's funny is, they're hiring people in the CrossFit Health world. So they're like bringing people into that side and starting this whole thing up and yet laying people off on the media end. Um, I don't think it's a shift. I don't, um, I, don't, I shouldn't shock anybody. Glassman's always kind of been that way. So I think the move to Madison was an attempt to make it more affiliate driven. Um, I think they wanted it to be like more, more Woodstock ish, right? Really give the affiliates a place to get to know each other. And that, that didn't happen. Um, not at least in, in my experience, it didn't happen the way they thought it would, and so I, I, it doesn't surprise me. I'll be interested to see what it looks like in the future. If he's cutting, if if they're hemorrhaging money, I mean, he's a he's a businessman. You can't do that. So
0: yeah, I think, um, and I think I think there's uh, no way that the games itself, like if you're talking about just the finals, that's got to be making money. Like I think they're that part, yes, but renting out seven stadiums uh, every May across the world. Um, for to be half filled most of the time with people, that's got to be where the money is coming. Just on my own business side, I'm thinking that's that's got to be where it is. Because I mean, you know, they they could sell. I feel like they could put whatever price tag they want in Madison, and there's it's always sold out.
1: Yeah, and it will be. And so I mean, and and so yeah, who knows what the shift is? You hear all the rumors, getting rid of regionals, making it an online qualifier, blah 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 blah. The games will always will probably still exist as long as, as long as they're financially able to do it. The qualifiers may change to save them some money. Who knows, right? What, who I don't necessarily know what all they've said out loud. They're getting rid of yet, and how they've changed anything. So, um,
0: I mean, there are I, so uh, many sponsors at the games. I mean, they're getting commercial time. They have a TV deal, but I, I just think it's yeah. the lower level that's got to be the one that's losing the money.
1: Yeah, I, and. I, I don't, you know, I love the sport of CrossFit. I think it's it's something to be something to be given credence to. But if I'm, compa- I, I'm personally, if I'm comparing the life impact of a of a life of fitness versus um, a life impact of seeing Matt Fraser win as many games as he wants to, um, I think I gotta, I think I gotta, I gotta slide with Glassman. Um, there's just a lot of people who will live. Who get to walk their daughter down the aisle because of things that CrossFit has done for them? Um, there's a lot of people that'll get to, you know, like get to see, see things and do things for ten more years, and they would wouldn't have otherwise, right? Like, I think, I think, I mean, what is it? What's the quote? The last always says that the the uh, that the adult table is the is where the adults are is where is where the affiliates are. That the games is just a game um that where the adults are that's that's where the affiliates are that's always been as that's always been his jam and i love the games now don't don't get me wrong i push we train people for the games i love it but when we talk about somebody living a longer healthier um life versus somebody winning the crossfit games i think anybody with a soul um has to give give weight to somebody who's who beats diabetes or you know doesn't get cancer or beats congenital you know degenerative heart disease it could be any number of things. So I, I don't, I don't blame him, especially if it's imaging money. Um, it's just, I just, I feel for the people who are, who no longer have a job, right? That sucks. Um, nobody wants, nobody, that's just terrible. And I know, you know, I know some people in that world, right in the CrossFit media world that are dealing with that and that sucks. Um, but every, I mean, every business makes decisions. I'm sure Greg Glassman considered those people in this move as well. So,
0: Um, like one of the 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 rumors, and of course, it was just speculating about what could happen. Um, you know, is making it like you know multiple ways to to get into the games, making it some NASCAR similar, like having different qualifiers around. And I feel like that's one really cool thing that we've seen from weightlifting. Right, was the American Open Series opened up to a lot of people, and you kind of get to go where you want to to take your chance. Uh, you know, to qualify or, or just maybe that's your, 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 your time to shine is at one of those smaller events. And I've heard that. I think that would be pretty cool.
1: Yeah. I mean, that'd be cool. Uh, if we moved in that direction, I'd be okay. I like live events. I like yeah. live events. It's,
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't not definitely not in favor of an online qualifier. Like, even if it's some other like, what like even if it's like you know you came with like a standards for Waterpaloos or Granite Games or something like that that allowed people to qualify. Like, even if it had to be privatized out, um, there needs to be some sort of events that that you can get there with. Right,
1: and that's that'll be the, that you know that'll be revealed in the next however many minutes, right, Um, or however many days is they'll. They'll tell us what happens there. But I think the games will happen. You and I kind of talked offline. I mean, the games will happen. Um, It it probably, I mean, they got a contract in Madison for a certain number of years, too. So those things will probably happen. If the qualifier looks like, you know, a cool, smaller event, so if there's a way to do it, what's done in person, the live judge, um, and not a video submittal, we've just seen so much controversy from that. Obviously, the best still rides to the top, but all the rest, so that the bottom, you know, bottom fifty percent, could be very different if it's an online qualifier. So,
0: I don't, I don't want to see that. It's a conspiracy theory. They're going to shut down Matt Fraser before he can win more than Froning. You heard, you heard it here first. There's, there's no way to shut down Matt Fraser. <laughs> <clears throat> he doesn't. He creates his own games and win. <laughs> he didn't. <laughs> There's no, there's nothing they can do
1: to, to shut him down. I don't think.
0: All right, so um, back on topic, I wanted to shoot some some training, some philosophy ideas, and, and pick your brain on some of this stuff, so we can actually have a, a training podcast on here. We haven't done one of those in a while. Mm-hmm. So uh, all the games and weightlifting and everything else happening. So you know, put a couple dichotomies down, a couple this versus this, uh, just to get your your you know, general thoughts on, on what's going on training. Um, so I I just wanted to put like two words out there and and then get you to free flow on it. So first one is volume versus recovery. How old are you? Right. So I know that I know (laughs) on all these, these are going to be very specific to athletes, right? So what does, you know, how does an athlete find figure out what their what their specific is right like where or even a coach who's worked with athletes like where are you finding the the spectrum for volume versus recovery
1: uh it's easy i think well it's it's easy in theory it's hard in practicality you start low you start with low volume you start with high recovery, you keep the recovery high no matter what um and you slowly slide the bar for volume up um as work capacity increases, and when you find the place that all right this is where our kind of threshold for volume uh, is, that's, that's where you stop. And then you stay there for a little bit. And maybe you slide that bar up a little bit and see how they react. Um, and as they, as they manage and mitigate volume because their work capacity increases, you slowly increase that way. That's why athletes who have been doing this for six, seven years um, have such a, a bank of fitness and can do so much in a day. It's not that they walked into the sport and started that way. They probably walked into the, you know, an affiliate and did an hour class four times a week Right. Um, and as their work capacity increase and their capability for managing and mitigating volume increase, they slowly increase it. So in, in the world of CrossFit, it's a test retest type idea. So you, you got to manage and, and find a way. And there's a thousand ways to do it, to find out how, ways to, to, to calculate volume accrued in a week or in a month and uh, and then slowly, slowly slow drip that higher Until you start to see some overtraining effects, come back into back into a place they're happy, um, live there for a little bit, bring the work capacity up, you know, then you know start to slide that slider bar again and see how they react. Eventually, you'll find some um, athletes that have have sort of a happy spot that they just need to live at for the rest of their lives, uh, or the rest of their competitive season. Inevitably, they'll get older, right, and then you'll have to slow drip that volume back down and really give intensity, the focus, um, making sure that everything they do is, is super, um, super, and it has, has as much carryover as possible, right? It's not just doing things to do things. So, um, it's a, it's a tricky line between volume and intensity. Some guys are all intensity guys. The, Hey, I just need to work out really hard for an hour a day and that's enough. And then you've got the volume guys who say, well, I can live at 70% of my maximal heart rate for two or three hours a day. Um, and that's going to be enough. It's going to increase my work capacity enough. So I, I'm, i kind of find myself in between in the middle and very athlete dependent.
0: What about, uh, does that hold true for, um, weightlifting, powerlifting sports? Weightlifting
1: is easier and powerlifting is easier because you're only calculating tonnage, you're calculating tonnage, relative intensity, um, and, and, and overall like rep rep count accumulated in a week or a month. And so it's super easy to watch, right? Like we do this with all of our weightlifters and powerlifters. I may, I watch how many reps, what's the you know average relative intensity of those reps in a week, what's total tonnage lifted in a week. Um, and then I slow drip those. And then we have sort of undulating <clears throat> periods anyway within our cycles. So I know like, like Jordan or Jesse or anybody really knows cause I, I include it on their sheet so they can see it. Um, Hey, this next week is going to be a really high rep, high rep set or rep week for me. Relatively low intensity, but high rep week. So I need to prep for that, and then vice versa, right? They know, like, man, this is really this kind of a deload week. Um, Let's make sure I get the most out of it. But same idea. Well, like for instance, um, this is actually a really cool story. Jordan was at a at a camp at at Rogue um, with all the other athletes and. Jack, I'm on a phone call, buddy. Um the the she was at a camp at Rogue with all the um with all the like junior at level athletes and I was still writing her programming and she was doing way more than everybody else there, right? Um and I remember she told me that one of the coaches there looked at how much how many squats she had that day. I think it was like seventy-two squats in a session. Um, and they were like, Oh my gosh, seventy-two squats that's crazy. Um, (laughs) and yeah, I like like that voice. It's good. Well, it's my, it's my best impression three, three and a half years ago. That would have been crazy. She'd have gotten hurt, but now where she's at, if we go less than that, she under trains, right? She just slowly built her work capacity. And I think we've about figured out where she's happy at now, um, where her body best responds and adapts. And so that's where we live. We, and what's crazy is the, you know, you can, you can, we found that if we don't, if we don't, find that happy place for athletes that won't perform well. So Jesse's the same way I, we, I, I dropped her volume in respect for some injuries that I thought were about to show up in respect for how her body was feeling. And I'm like, man, I, I just don't know that. Um, I don't know that the, uh, that, that she's going to be able to handle that. And what happened? Like, so I dropped her volume a little bit, brought her intensity down and in her, in her overall like relative tonnage. And all, all we saw was she get terrible. Like she just, she, I say terrible, quote unquote, she just did not have a good training cycle. And so I was like, man, like that's, that shouldn't have happened. So we brought her back up, brought her intensity back up, really brought her, um, her volume back up to where, where she, you know, it was hard, but man, her body and her body responded and we put her out on the stage at AO2 and massive PR total. And we've stayed there now. And I, man, I'm not trying to put, give you guys too many secrets, but what's happening in her training life now that we figured out her happy place for volume and, intensity is crazy i mean it's nuts like she's done some things that i'm like goodness gracious what have we been doing for a year um and so i, I think it's test retest test retest slowly monitor um, volume accumulation and, in, and overall intensity in a in a week and and make sure you find the happy place per the athlete i have some athletes that are much different and you just have to find the happy place if you're not monitoring it i'd say you're disservicing your athletes
0: all right, so the next one I want to do is uh, – and this one is going to apply to both. It's obviously going to apply to different sports differently. Um, but the the big one is strength versus conditioning. Mm. That one. That, that is the fight, the battle. Man, uh, that's a little bit in
1: my bell box, um, meaning like maybe a little personal. Um, I think we disserviced our athletes last year in the CrossFit world. By um, giving too much credence to conditioning, and there's some people out there that are already yelling at me. Like I can already hear the OPEX guys <laughs> yelling at me. Like, no, you got to condition. Sixty-five percent of max heart rate got to be got to be Z one always. <laughs> Z one. I can already I can already hear them right. Like, oh, and, and you guys are probably you guys might be right, right? Who knows? I don't, I don't care. Like you do, you do you, and we'll do us. Um, but here's what I would tell you: um, There's not a sport in the world, CrossFit included, that. Oh, God, what's the quote? Let me read this quote. I have it in my, one of my drawers. Um, there's a quote that says, and I applied this differently. There's a quote that says your kid is about strength conditioning. Your kid can be strong and slow, but he'll never be weak and fast. Strength always wins out. It was on an Eric Cressy blog. Mm-hmm. Um, I apply that to CrossFit. Your athlete can, can be strong and out of shape, but he'll never be weak and in shape. Oh, Never. I like that. That's really you good. Can be, you can be strong and out of shape. I, I'm a perfect example. <laughs> right? But you can't be weak and also in shape. It's not possible. That's true. right? Wall balls are heavy if you're weak. Thrusters are heavy if you're weak. And so um, if you're not a strength-dominant, strength-biased program, I think you're deserving your athletes. Um, but that's who we are, and we, we're known to be that way. So um, a lot of people think differently. That's fine. But that's who we are. So we're strength-biased athletes. We, we spend a lot of our off-season um, building aerobic threshold, um, but re- really focusing on getting really strong in sort of the relative strength. So think, so, so think basic strength, squats, pulls, presses, right? Um, and then we make a shift into making some of that strength carry over to the Olympic lifts about middle of September, early October. Our guys are starting to feel some of that shift right now. I know it's early, but we're, we're starting to give some of that. Um, and then we'll, and then we'll do, a, um, then we'll ramp the, ramp the conditioning up as we get closer. But we're, we're a strength bias program always. When I, when I moved away from it last season, I just didn't like our, I didn't like how we looked. We looked, we looked gassed. We looked like we couldn't move things the way we were supposed to. We didn't look healthy. Um, I, I think when we're strong, we're healthy. Um, and, and so we'll always be a strength bias program for that end. And that's true of every sport in the world. the The best basketball players are strong basketball players. The best volleyball players are strong volleyball players. So,
0: yeah. So, like, if they have like you know just your your average competitor who's listening uh, in on this, you know, and and maybe um, you know they're they're on one side of that coin to the other. Is 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 it just something that they need to make sure that they're finding programs that they're they're lifting heavy stuff often? I mean, is that the, is that the general first rule? Well. I don't know
1: that heavy is necessarily the necessity. Or, okay,
0: so volume, particularly built on strength, or you know, I, I mean, obviously there's 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 plenty of of people out there who are probably just going to gyms and their maybe their gym is is you know just you know, old school, still mo- mainly Metcon most days, and and they're getting frustrated, and there's yeah. like. You know, why, why can't, you know, I can't keep up with the the numbers that are rising at even local competitions, numbers on barbells are rising.
1: So lift some weights, man. I gotta uh, find a guy who knows what he's doing and have him write you a, write you a strength program and follow it and don't miss and don't make excuses when you don't make gains four weeks in, right? Follow it, stick to it for 16, 20, 26, 40 weeks and and let it, and let that take root. Right. Right. Um, it takes years to be fit, it ta- and part of that fitness is years of getting stronger. Um, right? Why can I? I haven't. I've have not worked out regularly except in the last month. I started back up. I've not worked out regularly for six months. Right? I, I snatched one ten from a deficit this week. Right? Why does that? Why is that true? All, all, I know that to be true because I've spent seven. Well, gosh, twelve years of my life doing the Olympic lifts. Right? There's a lot. It's going to take. A, it's a lot of built up training. It takes a lot of time to build that. One of, my, one of our new athletes, Shane Dalster, said, hey, it's easy to get the 90%. That last 10% is expensive.
0: Yeah,
1: um, And I think that's true. I think that's true. You want, you, you're behind, and that last 10% to not be is expensive, and it takes longer than you want it to, um, and, and it takes perseverance, and it takes kind of sort of putting your nose down and doing the work and then allowing that work slowly to accumulate. If you try and do it too fast, you'll get hurt, don't pay attention um to to how much you're doing or how heavy you are you'll get hurt it takes time nobody nobody got it got there quick
0: if somebody really wants to like they're like okay <clears throat> i just want to get stronger like i, I know it's it's the hole <clears throat> in my game i i i need to get stronger you know they can they they crush murph but then have the worst grace you've ever seen right i mean is that you would you call for like a complete like shut down on conditioning very minimal like, if someone really just is hearing this, like, I, I almost want to get strong, like, they just need to get on that strength program and only focus on that? Or do you think they should go the other route and just kind of, you know, try to supplement back and forth? Um,
1: It's a hard question. I think, I think abandoning conditioning altogether is a bad deal. Um, I think you can do your weightlifting in a form that has conditioning elements to it. Um, but I also think, but there, there's some real truth to doing longer aerobic bouts. And that having uh, a dampening effect on some of the fast twitch stuff. And so I don't know that I would be, if you're really, really weak, I don't know that I'd be a big fan of longer aerobic bouts um, for at least a season anyway, or at least a specific time period, just because of the dampening effects it would have on your explosive power. Um, And so, you know, yeah, condition, that's fine. But, But do it in an interval form, try and stay anaerobic, maybe... As, as much as you can, um, and then make sure your lifting's done on a clock, right? To so mitigate how long you're resting, how long you're sitting. We have an athlete in Missouri; her name's Jessica, who does all of her lifting on a clock, right? She does. Listen to how crazy this sounds. She does snatch prep of some sort, so six or seven sets of a snatch balance. She does her snatches, she does her snatch pulls, she does her front squats, and she does an, a nine to twelve minute EMOM of core work all within an hour. All of that happens in an hour, and I'm not talking about like work up to heavy double and call it good. Like volume work, four and five and six sets of two in the snatches, right, or three in the snatches. Um, and she does it all within an hour. You can't tell me that's not capacity work. Right. Like that is that's capacity work. If you if you set it up right and do it, um, where it can be done on the clock and you're moving. It'll, it you got to bring the percentages down just a hair initially as the work capacity comes up, but but that's capacity work. That's how come that's how come CrossFitters who, who are who are classically working in a CrossFit environment always PR in an EMOM rather than in a weightlifting meet. Because they're used to the stimulus.
0: What about what if we flip it and you've got super strong athlete who <laughs> uh, who fears the four hundred meter warm up. Is it just time just to to buckle down and, and maintenance on the strength and then
1: Uh two things two things there. First, um I would say don't abandon obviously never abandon strength, never. You can put the strength inside your conditioning pieces. So do Voletna type stuff, right? So ten rounds of three front squats and a two hundred meter sprint, you know, every two minutes. Yeah. Right? Stuff like that. Like you're still getting your strength work in. And Matt, make those things like eighty percent. So you're still getting it in. Like you're still maintaining strength, but you're getting some conditioning work in. Um, be okay with with dampening um, a little bit to bring your aerobic base up, but man, I, I would I'll tell you if the strength goes down, so does the fitness. Um, and so do be careful about not about not letting the strength go too. We tried that with a couple athletes this past year, and it just did not go well. They had a bad year um, because we we gave too much credence to conditioning. Find a way to make the lifting a work capacity element, right? Find a way to make your lifting on the clock, find a way to bring your lifting into the, into the sort of fitness or or conditioning pieces, find a way to make the bars heavy, um, and, and things like that. And so that, and you know, mitigate, maybe, maybe cut three or four sessions of pure lifting work, do one or two a week. I can give you a squat program where you squat once a week and that's all you need. Right. I know a lot of of really, really, I'm talking about Matt Bruce, Derek Johnson, right. Got a bunch of Gail Hatch guys, that squatted once a week and had the strongest legs in the sport. So, um, I, I can, give you a squat program where you squat once a week. If it takes you about 45 minutes to do it, but that's the only squat cycle you will need. It's fine. Find some ways to do that. And then, and then bring the heavy weights into the conditioning elements, especially early in the off season. Um, so that you keep your strength up as you build your capacity.
0: Um, speaking of that, I saw, I saw on some Instagram, you, uh, you're getting some safety or love, you know, you know, that's my babe. Yeah, baby. That's
1: it. I, I, I like safety bar cause it highlights posterior chain. Oh, man. Um, and I'm, 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 I'm just really deficient there. Nothing, <laughs> really,
0: nothing really deficient there. Nothing will change a pant size like safety bar. Oh, agreed. 100%. <laughs> that is it. Percent. All right. Um, cool. so last one, uh, and this one's on a little bit on, um, cause I think you, you see athletes on both sides of this and, and the way I wrote it was just competing versus training. And what I meant was, um, you know, you got athletes who, whether it's weightlifting or CrossFit or, or whatever sport, you, they're finding every local competition every weekend. And there's some people who just, you know, hold off and hold off and only want to do their one or two big ones, right? The, whatever their their. they their top ones are whether you know that's the open or something like a fittest game or waterpalooza like but that's the only thing they're focusing on all year round what do you do with athletes to find that balance of like how often they should be competing
1: Uh, i think it depends on your goals if you're trying to go to regionals you're trying to if the open is your super bowl and you're really trying to 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 fit in the open um i think you have to be careful how much you compete because training matters right you can't sacrifice the training and the um the necessary work of training that that comes with that. If you're a guy who's just a weekend warrior and just compete, like, go for it, just do it, right? Like if you're not really if you if you don't make regionals and that's you're not even concerned about that, I say go compete and have some fun, right? It's completely different goals, right? If you're if you you do CrossFit for the community and for the local CrossFit competitions so you can have some fun, then go do it. 100% go for it. If you do them um, for um, if you do them because you're trying to make regionals you can, and you train a lot and intentionally because you 're trying to make regionals or at least say how far or how close you can get got to be careful about the the neural demand that comes with competition and especially the the sort of after effect um, the the low that comes after competition so and weightless gotta, same same right if you 're if you 're like me and you 're not tra- chasing down world teams and chasing down national championships anymore you 're just Kind of compete and have some fun. Yeah, I'll, I'll do a local meet if it's around here and I'll do it as often as I can. Just be fun, go out there and lift some weights. Um, if you're if you're trying to chase down qualifying for nationals, I mean actual nationals, like national championships or American Open finals, um, you know, I, I think you got to be careful to how many meets you do in a year. I, I think about Jesse and Jordan and Shayla, all those people. Like, we got to be careful with them because um, if we, man, if we do too much with them, we do too many, and we are already. Forced to do, you know, six, at least six in an 18 month period, big ones, big meets in an 18 month period. We do, we do much more than that. Is they're going to have, you know, a a lack of return uh, on their investment there.
0: Got it. All right, man. Well, that's all that, uh, those are the ones that I put out. Unless there's anything else you want to note on to our our really exercise science nerdy podcast for this one
1: Nah, that's a lot that's my jam I, I like talking about this we can do more of this anytime this is
0: <laughs> yeah this is the kind of stuff I really like yeah that's, that's exactly where I wanted to get one of these and know we've been talking about so much events and, and things happening that we get some some cool information out there um yeah. before we get out next because uh what what's what's the next events coming up right now we got some
1: cool stuff coming. We got America, American Open Three in Vegas in five weeks, four weeks, four or five weeks. Um that's a that's the last World Championships qualifier, so it's a really big event for some of our folks. Um then you've got we've got a we've actually got a, a big like all 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 hands on deck training camp for power and grace athletes. Yeah. here right down the street, you know, in, in my hometown for, you know, four days in October. That's gonna be fun. Um and then you've got uh, December, you got the American open finals. You've also got the world championships in November over in Turkmenistan. So
0: got we have, some. we have no so. idea what's going to happen with CrossFit. So we have no, no idea what's coming. We assume there's going to be an open sometime at the very end of February. That's It better be. They better
1: be. <laughs> yeah. I got a lot of guys that are prepping for that time period.
0: Well, hell that doesn't, that doesn't cost them any money to do that one. That's they just take everybody's 20 bucks. right. Yeah.
1: Let's hope that, let's hope it's at the same time period is what I'm saying. If it's later, (laughs)
0: it hurts
1: my brain. brain. I don't like it. (laughs) it.
0: (laughs) All right, man. That's cool, man. We'll chat about it later.
1: Yes, sir. Talk to you later.
0: Hey everyone. Thanks again for listening. We really appreciate the support. If you haven't already hit that subscribe button, share it with your friends, let them know what we're doing. If you've got any training questions you'd like us to answer in the future, you can always reach us at Power and Grace Performance on any of the social media platforms, and we'll make sure we get it in there. See you next time.